Hello, and welcome to Enter the Fold, a Shadow and Bone podcast. I'm Caitlin, your host who has read the books. And I am Andy Kay, your host who has not read the books and therefore was utterly, utterly heartbroken and betrayed in this episode. Uh, this week we are talking about episode five, Show Me Who You Are, written by M. Scott Veach and Nick Culbertson and directed by Marzi Elmis. I mean, we learned some things in this episode. We they they did. showed us. Dude, this episode broke my heart. <laughs> so, okay, let's just address it. I was going to ask when it comes up, but let's just ask now. Did you see the Darkling being evil? Did you see that coming? No. It broke my heart. Like, I so in this episode, there were signs that, mm-hmm. that things weren't all as they seem because of the way he treated he knew exactly who Mal was the way he treated him the thing that he did with the flowers yeah. you know but up until now he's just been so lovable and like heartfelt and like showing his vulnerability to Alina and I really really believed that he felt pain because of what his ancestor did and no what how why no yeah no no, that was all lies. Yeah, and you lied to me too. Yeah. <laughs> oh God, I was so... <sighs> this episode, man, this episode. In our preview episode, you specifically asked me if, like, summoning darkness automatically means you're evil. <laughs> and I was like... Well... <laughs> and I had this moment of, like, I mean, no, yeah, no. <laughs> like, because Baker's not evil. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're absolutely right. So, I mean, you you have handled it like a champ up until now. I was completely, completely sidelined by this. Good. Like, I mean, I truly believed at this point, like, the villain was the fold and, like, the Druskella and the people in West Ravka who want to secede. Like, it never dawned on me <laughs> that Kirigan was going to be evil. Like, I believed him. That's... That's the power of, well, I was going to say Ben Barnes, but let's give some credit to the writing also. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. It's, I mean, they nailed it. Yeah. But then Ben Barnes in this episode, like it, as soon as we see the real him, like the the scene with him and Bagger, like Mm -hmm. there is a switch that just flips in Ben Barnes. The way he looks, his speech, the cadence, like it just changes. Yeah. And you can see that it's been there all along. But it just wasn't at the forefront. It just this episode, man. That's all I can say. Yeah. Um. Before we really dive into it, I did want to mention that we got a really good email from a listener, uh, Annabeth. Um. I just I want to address it. I think next week when something that she referred to in the email comes up. Uh. So I just okay. wanted to let her know. Thank you for the email. It was really good. I'm gonna bring it up next week. It's also like chock full of book spoilers, so it's gonna be really difficult for me to bring up. But I, <laughs> she brings up some really good points in it, so I want to talk about it. Okay, I look forward to it. Okay, so we do. Oh, the opening this week, we get you know the the shadow and bone words, and then we get the golden Ravkin double eagle in front of like. Is that what that is? Yeah, it's the it's their national symbol thing, the double eagle. Yeah. 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 So I wrote down is like, is this 
like it looks kind of like a sun angel. Like I don't know what this is, but then almost immediately I realized it was on the the first army flag and it was on their hats. And so I was like, okay, it has to do with the first army. But like, I it looks like a sun angel. <laughs> it's like two eagles back to back. Okay, that basically. makes more sense. Yeah. That well, once you sense. know it, you'll you'll see it. Yeah. Um, and then we just open with like <laughs> we open this scene with Mal coming back to camp, and when I tell you I don't care. It's like, it's it's insane how much I don't care. But I do enjoy how they wanted you to know it's dramatic because they hold the credits back until after the dramatic scene because they don't want to distract you. Oh, I didn't you. even notice. I was specifically looking for the writer and director, right? So I was like, it's not coming up. It's not coming up. What's happening? Oh. But they don't come up until the scene afterwards. So. I mean, it's just such a throwaway scene. There's, it, It's all in like slow motion. There's no sound. Mal stumbles into the town. They find him and help. Yep. And then we move on. That's it. The show really wants you to care about Mal, and I applaud it for its efforts. But I suffered through three books. I don't care about Mal. <laughs> okay. <laughs> all right. It's just if three books couldn't make me care about Mal, a couple episodes of a TV show aren't going to do it. Oh, they might. You said show Mal is better than book Mal. He's better because he's not an ass or not as much of an ass, but in a way that just makes him more boring than he was in the books. Oh, okay. I don't find him boring, but that's because I think I view him as part of Alina's story and Alina's story is not boring. I I guess I can see that. But I don't really think about him on his own. So maybe that's actually what you're specifically talking about. Like, Mal by himself is nothing. Yeah. Like, what would Mal do with his life without Alina? Right? He'd just be a good soldier boy. Just Probably just killed by Fjordans. Aww. (laughs) That's terrible. I I will say, like, I don't hate Mal. I just don't care one way or the other about him. Yeah. I think... There's like there's some really interesting characters in this show and there's there's or in the show and the books. And there's characters that I hate and there's characters that I love and Mal is just neither of those. He's just okay. there. We do spend a lot of time talking about how much you don't care about Mal though for a character you don't care about. Cuz he's in so much of the show and I'm like, "Can we have more <laughs> Kaz, please? I care a lot about Kaz. Thank you." Yeah. Well, speaking of Kaz, yes, next scene. Um Jesper's face when the dude says no guns is real good. I'm sitting there thinking, how is he going to do his act with the troop if he can't have any guns? Yeah, that's fair. I mean, it never comes up, but that's a fair point. Right. Yeah, it doesn't. Like, he gets in, but I think the only one who ever actually performs is Inej. Yeah. So, um, someone tries to get in by stowing away under one of the wagons. I just want to meet Alina. The sun summoner. Yeah. Oh, sunset. yeah, I guess he doesn't. Yep. Um, and, uh. Guards gather to intercept, and surprise, surprise, one of them is Kaz. Yeah. I, I love this, that Kaz said he's going to find his way in, and he does. He stages this whole thing yeah. so that he can swoop in as a quote-unquote guard. They do a real good job of showing how smart Kaz is and how he plans He plans it all out. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah, because later in the episode, like, they have to move on to plan B, and then they move straight to plan F. I write Like, that. he's got plan after plan after plan. He's yeah. he's just always thinking. And he, like, Kaz has, like, super ADHD, I think, because he has <laughs> to plan for every eventuality. I wrote but that it down works. as my um, favorite line in the episode. Oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> oh, no, 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 it's fine. I, I just, I love that bit. Because yeah. when he says it, 
Like there's even there's no question about what plan F is. So it's clear that like they've gone through all these different plans. He says plan F and they know exactly what to do. Yeah. Yeah, it, it is. It's good. It's good. I don't know what my favorite line of this episode is. There are a lot of good ones in it. There are. I mean, I have another good one coming up that's okay. good for a completely different reason. Um, but then we switch over to Marie and her, her social life. I love watching Alina laugh and have fun with Marie and Nadia. I like, do, We have too. not seen her this carefree. Mm-hmm. And it's just lovely. It is very, really nice. And it's kind of the only bit that we get showing how different things are for her after she can use her powers. Mm-hmm. Before everything goes topsy-turvy. Yeah. Uh, Jenya comes in because uh, we have to get Alina ready. And I I love I do I love this whole scene. Like Jenya just laughs and she's like, I'm so glad I'm here because Marie and Nadia tried to do Alina's hair and it wasn't great. Yeah. Um I love watching Jenya do her makeup and try the different colors. Like mm-hmm. the way she can just pick up something and it's blue, so the makeup she puts on Alina's face with her magic is blue. Like I love the detail of that, but I also love how simple it seems to try out new things and then undo it because she doesn't like the blue so she does something different and it's just it has nothing to do with the story mm-hmm. but it's such a great moment for like what Jinya can do and and how her powers work and it's just fun yeah a part of me um before starting the show wanted them to almost like cgi Jinya into not completely but like into inhumanly beautiful because mm. that that is kind of what she's supposed to be because that's what she does, you know, in her spare time. She just makes right. herself look good. Um, but I think that would have been a little, like, uncan- Uncanny Valley on the screen. Like, it probably wouldn't have looked good. Yeah, yeah, I see I see what you mean. So I understand absolutely why they didn't also would have been a huge expense that is completely unnecessary because Daisy Head is very beautiful. So Yes. But she isn't inhumanly beautiful, which is what Jenny is supposed to be. Mm-hmm. Another thing in the scene that I find so interesting is when Jenny comes in, everyone's friends with her and getting along. That is not how it is in the book. And oh. yeah, I'm I don't I guess I don't get why they changed that. Like Alina didn't have friends or Jenny didn't have friends. Well, a little bit of both. So okay. in the book, um, because Alina is so different, like Marie and Nadia are friendly with her. But Alina is very, like, suspicious of them just wanting to be friends with the Sun Summoner and not really knowing her at all. Okay. and That makes sense. And it kind of goes on that way, that it's just a very superficial friendship and Mm -hmm. that she gets the idea that they would not stick with her if she, you know, that they just don't care about her as a person. Mm. And then because of Jenya's weird position with... um, The queen? The queen and always being in servants' colors and all that sort of thing. Uh, the Greeks should just treat her uh, kind of like garbage. Because mm, she's less than a Grisha because she doesn't have Grisha yeah. colors. Yeah. Hmm. And so it creates an opportunity for Alina and Jenya to become very good friends in the book. Mm-hmm. And I'm, I guess I kind of get that they didn't want to have Alina's life just be tragic and upsetting the whole time. You know, they wanted her to have friends. If, if that yeah. makes sense, like, or didn't want just, although I guess a part of me can appreciate that they didn't just have women hating each other on screen because that always sucks. 
Yeah. I mean, they, they don't show that Jenya is close to anybody. It's they just she seems to be in charge. Right. She comes in and everybody else leaves. Yeah. You know, and it's she doesn't, you know, kick them out because they're bad people or they shouldn't be there or because they're distracting Alina. She's just like, we have work to do. So it didn't it didn't come across as they're especially close friends, but mm-hmm. it also didn't come across as they don't like each other. And so I, I feel like it struck a nice balance. Yeah. I don't know. Like, it all still works. Uh, I don't have any complaints about it. I just think it's interesting that they changed it. Yeah. Um, this is also the scene where we learn without a doubt that the king is not a good man. Mm-hmm. Um, Jenya has a line where she says that the work that she does on the queen's face keeps the king's gaze off of her at least until nightfall. Yeah. And then you realize that Jenya's position really is much more <sighs> distressing. Like, it's not just a servant. She's not just a servant to the queen. She is, for sure, subservient to the king. Yes. And this is another scene that I... My favorite line... My other favorite line, sorry, is in this scene where she says, I want you to be careful. And Alina says, of what? And she says, powerful men. Mm -hmm. I wrote that line down. Yeah, that's so good. And this whole scene with them talking is... Is very good. Sorry, I want to say a lot about it that has spoilers, so I can't really say oh, much. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, it's just a really good scene, and I like the different layers of it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Alina, you know, ponders life after the fold mm-hmm. and, you know, potential happiness for the world. And, um, you know, the, the bit that Jenya says before she gives the line, she says, I like seeing you this way, yeah. which is happy, laughing, pondering a future with hope. Um, But then she says, I want you to be careful of powerful men. And so she's like tempering her expectation a little bit. Yeah. Oh, and she Um, also has that great line about how, um, like she mentions that Alina is going to be wearing the black kefta. And Jenny's like, you know, afterwards you could go back to blue. But Alina's too caught up in the darkling and says, no, I'll stick with black because he's manipulated me. It's cool. Okay, but we don't know that yet at this point. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> um, but then David walks in, who's in a purple kefta, and purple keftas were all over this episode, so I thought that was interesting after well, last week when you said you don't remember seeing a purple kefta yet. Uh, yeah, I didn't remember seeing them, and then this episode, like, everything about David is purple. Like, his yeah. makeup is purple. Like, it's just purple, purple, purple. And then we see it everywhere. It's great. And, um, okay, I need to talk about David here. Because, okay. A, I like, I love who they've cast as him. He's very attractive. Although I'd never really pictured David as being particularly attractive. But that's fine. Um, and he's great. But they have written David incorrectly. Oh. Like, it's fine. But he comes across as kind of bumbling and weird. David in the book is awkward, but only because he's oblivious. He doesn't care about anything other than his work. He's just like, I will make this fabulous thing. Or he does, but he gets um, lost in his work very, very easily and just like shuts out the world around him. Yeah, that's not how they've written him. Yeah. They've written him as awkward, yes, but in a weird way. Like it's unclear why, actually. Yeah. Why he's awkward. Um, other than, I mean, it, it is clear that in this scene, it is super clear that Jenya has a crush on David. Yeah. It is not clear in this scene. 
that he is awkward because he also has a crush on her. We don't see that until later. And so he just seems weird. Like the way that he talks, the way that he moves. Yeah. And see, in the book, in in just Shadow and Bone, you get no hint whatsoever that David even notices Jenya as a human person, which is why I've always loved the two of them because she's like this inhumanly beautiful person. Mm. And he's just like, we're not working on anything right now, so I don't notice you at all. Right. Which I actually think is one of the things Jenya likes about him, too. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah. Not that there's anything wrong with him in the show. I actually find him kind of charming as this awkward, bumbling dude also. But it's just a different character. Okay. That makes sense. And also, David would never make those ugly-ass gloves that he hands her. What? No, David is a professional. He, he, what, what are those gloves? Right. I was surprised by them. When he handed them to her and explained what they were for, I was thinking that they were going to be like these tight, sleek yeah, you know, gloves. I mean, I expected them to be like of, of chain mail or something, you know, I don't know, that would help. But like, then they're like these welder's gloves that she put on. Yeah. Like, it's why? And they, so he does make her a pair of gloves in the book, but it has a completely different intention. And I can absolutely see why they changed it um, because of what they're going for here. But why would they still not look good? Right. They could have made them look better unless it would have been harder to explain why she chose not to use them if they looked good. I guess. Like, it's really, I mean, I like that she put them on and then she used them and did what they were supposed to do. They're supposed to make it easier to split one beam of light into two. So she puts them on and she does that, which is the first time we've seen her manipulate her power that way but then she takes them off and does the exact same thing and she's kind of smarmy when she's like i think i'll be fine on my own mm-hmm. <laughs> totally deserved though she's worked her butt off yeah no i on, like on our like smarmy that's good but um it it made it easier to understand why she didn't need them I mean, yes, there's the pride of wanting to be able to do it by herself after she's worked her butt off but also they're ugly and she's going to be in this gorgeous new kefta, so why would she want to wear them? So maybe that's part of it. And, I mean, not to keep comparing. You can tell me to stop comparing things if you want me to. Uh, but in the book, the gloves were completely different. They they were like, I think, leather? I, I don't know. I always pictured them as being kind of leather. And what they had was things she could, like, put – I can't explain this – but she could like slide, they'd miniature mirrors in them so that she could bounce light beams off them and they were for fighting. She could like aim them into somebody's eye and and that sort of thing. And she could bend the, use the mirrors and the gloves to bend the lights around people. And she used them to train while fighting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Yeah, we, we, so far we've not gotten any fighting training with her either. No, we only got that one scene with Botkin and then nothing. We never see Botkin again. I love you, Botkin. Then we get one of my favorite moments from the episode, though. It it is in this scene. It's when David leaves and and Mm. Jenya, you know, hollers after him, see you at the fate. And Alina just has this look on her face like, oh, my God, you like him. You never compliment anyone to their face. And and she's just I, I love it. It's great. Like the camaraderie that these two have is really nice. Yes, and I just want to like, I don't know, like shout out to people who've read all seven books and how this scene makes you feel after, after Ooh. all seven. I'm 
Intrigued. It was it was weird going from Rule of Wolves to this. All right. I am intrigued. Yeah. That's the only way I can say that without spoilers. Okay. Let me go back to Kaz. Dressed like a guard, infiltrating the palace. Yeah. It, it, I hurt for him. Right? Because he's dressed as a guard, so he can't show his lump and he can't use his cane. And so he's doing his best, but he has to, like, duck into a shadowed hallway and, like, rest for a moment. And mm-hmm. you can just see he is in so much pain. But this is what he needs to do to get the job done, so he's going to do it. Yeah. Um, he also realizes from walking down the hall that the doorway that they need is actually hidden. And then someone is coming. My note here is, thank goodness for big echoing hallways. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So he manages to hide and watches, and um, a material alchi, material alchi opens the door, the hidden door. Another so purple he kind character. of sees it. Yeah. <laughs> so I think I my note says fabricator, but later in the episode they say a material alchi. So both are correct. One, yeah. Um, so he gets a glimpse of what's in there, and we see Marie standing there next to two uh, black and gold keftas, mm-hmm. and that's it. Then we cut away. I enjoy the scene with Inej and Jesper because she's like being amazing, doing acrobatic stuff, and Jesper's just like cute boy, cute boy, cute boy. Right. I love it. I love it. Um, my note here is Jesper is ogling a stable hand. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm genuinely unsure uh, if Jesper is gay or bisexual because I feel like Everybody just sort of assumes he's bisexual, but on page, and I guess in the show, we only ever see him with guys. Mm. So I'm I'm curious, just something I'm curious about. And I, I don't know if, like, fans have assumed he's bisexual because Jess will flirt with anything, but maybe he, he only ever actually wants to follow through with men. I'm unsure. Mm-hmm. Hmm. I, I don't know. He will definitely flirt with anything, but... Mm-hmm. He's so cute with the stable hand. Yeah. I love his response to Inej here when when he, like, is able to immediately, like, flip back to his goal with the carriage and the horse. And, you know, she goes, no human being should ever be as proud as you are right now. And he's like, "Uh, yeah, I should be. (laughs) It's great. It's great. Um, And we also get a moment here where we learn that Jesper thinks the Sun Summoner is a party trick because Kaz thinks that. I think Jesper doesn't care either way. That is true. But, I mean, he does specifically say, well, Kaz thinks that and Kaz is seldom wrong. Yeah, that's true. Um, and, and so I just, I found that an interesting character beat that he is, and maybe it's just because he doesn't care. And so it's easier for him to just say, well, I, I'm going to go with Kaz on this one. But it's, I expect Jesper to have more thoughts of his own than he did in this moment. But, hmm. you know, Jesper is all about the stable hand here and he doesn't really care about anything else so I think it's also true that Jesper values Kaz's opinion and and does indeed think Kaz is very smart and that hmm it's really hard for me not to say spoiler things here uh but yeah, just yeah like really values Kaz's opinion in most things okay okay that's fair um then we cut to Jenya and Alina again, and I do not like this scene. Um, I'll just tell you what my notes say, and then you'll know why I don't like this scene. Okay. Um, Alina spies the carnival and convinces Jenya to go outside first in her velvet robe. Yeah. Outside in public. 
in her robe. <laughs> like, she's supposed to, like, like, they're all like, what if you're recognized? And she's outside in her pajamas. People I, are going to notice her. This well, is not, <laughs> that's all. That's all. I mean, robe. I guess nobody would ever think that the sun summoner would be let outside in her pajamas. That's fair. That's fair. Um, but because she is outside in her pajamas, Jesper sees her. And here's Jenya call her by her name. So yeah. he knows now that she is part shoe. Now he knows what she looks like. One thing that I will say about this is when when uh, Alina first sees the carnival and stuff going on outside, she mentions Butter Week uh, back at Cremsen or in the town around Cremsen, which mm-hmm. is something that they took from the book. So that's cute. But then she says orphans weren't allowed. And I'm like, it was a party. Why would orphans, like, why would children be barred like they just put in that line to make her seem even more tragic like what that upset me because i was like that's just the stupidest thing you could have just left that out and it would have been the exact same conversation why would people set up like a fun thing and then bar orphans (laughs) like was there a sign that said no 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 orphans allowed yeah (laughs) no i'm you know and i took it Less as orphans were barred from the festivities so much as the headmistress wouldn't allow the orphans to go. That, that was how I took it more than anything. That's That makes her the shittiest person ever then, doesn't it? Like, Maybe, like, yeah. Maybe the Darkling wants to take over the world, but fuck on Akuya, you know? <laughs> <sighs> Maybe. I don't know. Anyways, and then when trying to convince Jedia to go outside, Alina has that line where she says, like, I can wear a scarf or a hat or two hats. And then she doesn't have a single hat on. I wanted two hats. Or a scarf. (laughs) (laughs) Like, she's just outside in a robe. But I wanted two hat Alina. Um, I do like that um, Fedior shows up to get them and, like, they think he's all mad and he's all like, nah, I was just trying to do my best impression of Ivan. (laughs) Okay, so I despise this scene. I despise it. I hate it. I hate I hate that they've made Fedor and Ivan a couple. It makes me so upset, and I will explain why. It makes me sound terrible saying that, but actually, I hate it because it makes me like Ivan, and I hate Ivan. I, okay, I wasn't sure that they're a couple, but they're definitely... He refers to Ivan as his better half here. Oh, I totally missed that, but that does make the later sense make... The later scene make more sense. (laughs) That scene is so cute, and I love it, and I fucking hate it. Because I don't want to care about Ivan. You don't want to care about Ivan. The writers are good, man. They're good. Fucking Ivan. Um, My next note just says, oh, more Mal. I don't know what happens here. (laughs) Um, The general is sending Tophan to deliver the news to the the other general, to Kerrigan. And Mal insists that he has to go. Yeah, he's like a little puppy That's the whole scene. Um, And he even, like, flat out says, I have to give it to her. Uh, to him, the general. Yeah. <laughs> so, but that's it. Like, five seconds. I will say, if anybody listening has, like, likes Mal and wants to write in and um, sing his praises, please do. Because I'm just never going to. And I do feel kind of bad about it. Okay. That's all. I mean, like I said, I don't dislike him. I, I like the part that he plays in Alina's story. Um. And, you know, up until now, like, now Alina is trying to distance herself from Mal Mm -hmm. because she feels like Mal has abandoned her. And, of course, we know he hasn't. And so I think that helps me because I I 
we're not just getting Alina's perspective here. Right. Um, if we had only gotten Alina's perspective and we also thought Mal had abandoned her, I'd probably not like him or feel much differently about him. But because I am seeing the part of him where he is doing everything in his power to get to her, mm-hmm. I like him for that. That's that's an interesting point because, like, in the book, it is all from Alina's point of view. Like, it's a first-person Alina perspective mm-hmm. book. And you don't see Mal until they're reunited later on. Yeah. And it would have been interesting to see them try to do that in the show. Like, I, I 100% understand that they can't introduce a love interest and then not have him around for five episodes. Right. You know, and then reintroduce him. But it it just would have been interesting to see how that could have been pulled off, you know, to actually leave us in doubt about what Mal mm. wanted. Oh, to leave us feeling the same way Alina feels. Yeah. Okay. Like, I'm, no, like, 100%. They they made the right choice in not doing that. But it just would have been interesting to see how that could have played out, I guess, on screen. Yeah. Although we wouldn't have gotten his friends who died, Dubrov and Mikhail. So. And you liked them. Yeah. That and we wouldn't have, have had magical deer scat. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> they definitely made the right choice. Yeah. And then we get the crows. Mm-hmm. And Arkin, who I, I have since confirmed that his name is Arkin, not the conductor. Yes, it is. It is. Um, so they, they speak of how they're going to get to Alina in that hidden dressing room. Arkin says that he can get that Grisha lock open. With a load with stone. Yeah. Um, which he just happens to have in his bag. And he gives it to Jesper. And I don't know why, because Jesper's not the one who uses the rock to get into the door. I think Jesper immediately hands it back. Okay. Well, because, yeah, he does say, don't keep that in your pocket too long if you ever want to have children. Which (laughs) Which is such an odd line. I mean, it's funny. This whole scene is kind of funny. So I like that. But also, I mean, lodestones are just magnets. I don't think they affect anything, biologically speaking. Yeah, I I, I don't know. I don't know enough about physics or geology. Uh, They finalize their plan here, and we hear the word, the term, the lynx flush. Which is interesting. And Arkin's like, what is that? And, you know, lynxes are pack hunters. And so they flush out the prey. And so then Arkin so succinctly says, so you're going to clear the path for me to get to Alina. Mm-hmm. Um, it's interesting. I I looked it up because I don't know why I looked it up. When how they say that uh, lynxes are pack hunters, you know, they're not. Really? Yeah, no, I looked that up. Oh, okay. Well, maybe the lynxes in this world are. Well, no, it it's because it's a lie. Oh, fair enough. Kaz is saying yeah, one no, thing to Jesper is... and Inej, and then they're all lying to Arkin. Right. That makes sense. That makes sense. Which they do clarify later on, because mm-hmm. Inej specifically says the lynx flush was to flush Arkin out. Yeah. So, okay, that makes sense. Um, And then... Alina goes to see Kerrigan. And until the rest of this episode happened, I loved the scene. Loved it. That's interesting. I, okay, I will say I love the idea that the Darkling uses Ivan as his own personal dressing boy. That's fabulous. <laughs> Ivan, bring me my kefta. Or he just says, my kefta, or whatever it is. Right. Oh, that's good. Right, right. Yep. But that, like, Alina takes over the job. I'm like, no, you're so much better than this, Alina. Right. Um, God, but this this scene, this scene is so good. Like, 
this is where we get her her saying that she feels like she belongs finally mm-hmm. like not just here she belongs here too she's got friends you know she's got marie and she's got nadia and she's got Jenya. she belongs to the grisha but she also belongs to something greater mm-hmm. and and she says that she can offer everybody grisha or not hope for the future and she is just finally accepting who she is and coming into her own it builds up they finally kiss Right? Like, this tension between these two has been building since frickin' episode two. Yeah. And they finally kiss. I half expected her power to go off when she touched him with her lips. Oh, that would have been right? interesting. Like, that's how much this tension has been building. Yeah. Like, I, it would have been too cheesy to do that, but that's what I was expecting. And I was just so happy here. Like, oh, my God, they're finally kissing. You could, you could interpret that as her having more control now. Because previously, yes, yeah, her absolutely. power would just go anytime she touched him. Yeah, yeah. Um, quick cutaway: Jasper is well, in the stables. Wait, wait, oh, it's so interesting nope. to hear you say how you loved the scene because the whole time that <laughs> I'm watching it, knowing everything, I'm just like, man, he must be congratulating himself on how well he's manipulated her into believing all this, right? Yeah. Well, I know that now, <laughs> but I didn't when I saw it the first time. And it just, it made me so happy, and now it just hurts my heart. I will say, to be fair, the first time I read the book, I wasn't expecting it either. Okay. I was just like, oh, I don't care about Mal, but this Darkling dude seems cool, blah, 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 blah. I'm like, right? oh. oh, shit. Like, he has all of the right words. He knows exactly what to say. And, of course, Bagger calls that out later. Yeah. You know, and it's just, oh, it hurts. It I, hurts. I do like that they have insanely good chemistry. Because I, oh, I absolutely. Think, I think they're, even with him being evil and, well, debatable, um, or whatever, we can get into that later. I do like how, how I genuinely think he is attracted to her. Like, he is manipulating her, but I do also think he genuinely wants her. Yeah. And he, I mean, he's genuinely proud of her later on. One of my notes when he introduces her to everybody at the fate, like, the look on his face and the sound of his voice, he is just so proud of who she is and what she can do. Well, is he? Or is he just proud of himself? Why do you have to ruin everything? <laughs> because he ruins everything. It's not me. <sighs> Fine, maybe. I mean, I'm not saying it's for sure that way. I'm saying it could be either way there. I mean, he says her name is Alina Starkov, and she will bring liberation to us all. But again, the king is in that room and all these people. Like, he's trying to manipulate everyone. And I respect it. Honestly, he's good at his job. He is. Because clearly I'm arguing for him, even though I know the truth at this point. (sighs) All right. Uh, so then I think Jesper get oh uh, I will say just with the kissing I do love that she kissed him first that mm-hmm. was really I, I thought that, that was a good touch okay yeah I, I don't remember my note it's just they kiss finally <laughs> he's like leaning on the table so they almost look like they're the same height and she goes in and kisses him and then he stands up and is like right that did look weird with them the same height oh <laughs> I, that's why I remember it because it was okay very strange and and hot, I guess. I mean, Ben Barnes. Yes. Yes. Beautiful, beautiful Ben Barnes. So then Jesper gets his flirt on. 
Yes, he does. It's I wonderful. Just, I fucking love that Jesper's job in this heist is to sleep with the stable hand. Like, of course it is. <laughs> of course that's Okay, his that job. wasn't his job. Like, he just, he took advantage of the situation. Yeah. Like, that's just like, fabulous. That's all. Yeah, it's great. It's great. Um, and then Zoya shows off her racist tendencies yet again. Oh, no, she doesn't. I certainly interpreted it that way, but maybe not. I would say just the opposite here. Um, you're talking about when somebody uh, is looking at Inej performing and they say that she didn't know that the Zemini were so talented. Yeah. And then Zoya says she's Suli. Yeah, I was interpreting her tonal voice. Mm. It sounded very much like she's Suli. I guess I guess I could... Oh, Zoya is so complicated of a character. The, but Zoya is Suli also. Oh. Okay, then I'm very clearly wrong here. <laughs> Got it. Okay. Um, yeah. So, to be fair, in the books, it might have been retconned that she was Suli. I honestly, I don't remember. Because she is half Suli, and she is white passing. Mm. And that becomes like a whole big thing with her character. Okay. About her uh, spoilers. Uh, yes, big, <laughs> this is like way later on in the book. Okay, but that's the thing with her character. So I'm I'm honestly unsure if um Lee Bardugo because she is half Suli and is white passing, and her name is you know Zoya Nazielinski, which sounds very fake Russian. So instead of like Inej Gafa, which sounds very Indian, mm-hmm. well, fake Indian. Um, so I'm, I'm honestly unsure if that was a retcon or if she always had that in mind for Zoya, but, but they very much cast a, a brown woman as Zoya. So she is Suli, which I'm glad they did. I'm glad they didn't make her white passing in the show. All right. Okay. I'm wrong. It just, I mean, it was just the way that she said it. Oh yeah. No, if you didn't know that, I can absolutely see where we've come across that way, especially considering what we've seen of Zoya so far. Um, then we get... That sweet little scene between Fedor and Ivan, oh, where Fedor's trying scene. to force feed him sweets, and Ivan refuses. I think it's hilarious. Um, now that I understand they are a couple, that scene makes a lot more sense. I hate it because I like it. <laughs> um, then there's a couple speaking of the Westrovkins and the general wanting to secede, mm-hmm. um, which is. It gives us a lot of, like, exposition from, like, no-name characters, but it's good information to have. Yeah, I, I especially was, like, or I liked how they mentioned that he was meeting with the Fjerdens and how he was just turning a blind eye to Driscella stealing Grisha. Mm-hmm. Which keeps in mind uh, Nina and Matthias, since they're not in this episode. Right. Um... Yep, and then Kaz spills on himself to get a replacement uniform, which he gives to Inej. The, Kaz's plan is going quite smoothly at this point. Yes. Um, and then Alina decides to just be Alina, because Jinya tells Alina that it is not time yet for her to go in and to go around to a different door, but Alina says, fuck that, and walks right in to where Kirigan is talking to the king. Yeah, I, uh, I just wrote down that Kirigan went in and greeted the king and queen, and we also see the prince, Prince Vasily, walk up. Yeah, I didn't notice him the first time I watched it, but the second time I was like, oh, that must be the prince. He's just standing there in the middle of the screen, not doing anything. Yep. Um, then 
I think, what is it, Kerrigan's like, you were supposed to come in with guards, and Alina's like, well, you looked like you needed saving because he was talking to the king. The chemistry between the two of them here is so good. It is. It's really good. And then it starts with the Grisha fire show. Like, that's exactly what needs to, like, I mean, literal sparks fly in the room. I didn't even think of that, but yeah, that's true. And also, this is the first time he sees her in the Black Kefta, which he's wanted to see her in. Yeah. Yeah, and he says that she looks so lovely. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's in this moment that we get Jenya steals a look at David, who waits until she looks away to look back at her. That was so cute. It was. That's when you realize, oh, he does know. Oh. He does. Again, he is not the David from the books, but I still love them. <laughs> um, yeah, this scene, there's a lot going on in this scene because everybody's in the same room. Yeah. Right? So then we cut to Kaz, and Kaz is insisting to Inej that the light show is going to be a trick. The light's going to bounce through the reflective glass. Mm-hmm. Um, Inej is, like, heartbroken that he doesn't believe that this might be real. And then it's showtime. Alina and Kerrigan are on. That's when he says the line with such pride. But according to you, he's proud of himself. I, that's um, just my interpretation. The arguments about what what parts of the Darkwing are good and bad. Like, this is... These arguments have been going on since 2012, you know? All so right. And nobody has convinced anyone, you know? So I, please I do not be swayed okay. by me. If you want to like the Darkling, like the Darkling. He's a fictional character. Please. Like him a lot. I, mean, I don't care. I, I don't like him anymore, but I do. That's <laughs> it's fair. It's so hard. It's He's so a hard. Okay, so... Something, so I reread the Shadow and Bone trilogy, uh, you know, before we watched the show and did the podcast. And and it is very much a product of its time. Like it was written in, you know, 2011-ish, came out in 2012 when YA was at like at the height of its popularity and it was all very formulaic. And that is true of these books. Mm-hmm. But this one stands out because of a couple reasons. And one of them is that Lee Bardugo can create fabulous characters and the darkling is one of her best characters because because he's evil and he does evil things but you still care about him and he's like he's the epitome of um like a bad guy who thinks he is the good guy you understand mm. why he does everything that he does and you understand his motivations and he's just a really well-written villain well, I mean, they certainly haven't shown us that yet. Like like I said, this is just the heartbreaking episode where you find out who he really is. Yeah. But and, I'm, and so I'm, I'm saying... struggling because the sorry. No, you go. <laughs> I'm just I'm struggling because it's like the point of this episode is that reveal and that's all mm-hmm. we got. Like we got the reveal and then the episode goes off. And so I'm I am struggling reconciling the Alexander that I've known over the past four and a half episodes with what they revealed at the end of this episode. And it's like, how can he be this way? Like when he, I mean, clearly he's been manipulating her, but he's also been manipulating me. Yeah, that's yeah, exactly. And I, I don't know, like I need to know more about him before I can actually make a decision. Like, is he actually evil? Like, Great, he really did, we learn he created the fold, but he keeps insisting, even through this scene right here, that he wants to take it down. So does he actually want to take it down and Bagra's wrong? Like, we don't really know for sure 
what he wants to do at this point. Right. I guess I did get ahead of myself there a little bit. I apologize. But what I'm saying is that that unsureness, I don't think it ever goes away. Okay. Like seven books later, you know, and it's still kind of like, was he a bad guy? Was he a good guy? Like, okay. It's, he's very, he's one of the best written villains that I've ever read in a book. And I just use the term, he's an, an antagonist, let's say antagonist okay all right because i guess the the villain is up for debate though that is i i come down on that side personally all right so you are team villain i i'm team villain yes (laughs) i suppose um one of the things that frustrates me about this episode though is that we really have no way of knowing how much time has passed Mm. like we see That Alina has built relationships and her power has grown, but we don't actually know how much time has passed. Right. And that the passage of time is always something that sticks with me in books and shows and things. Like, I like to stay grounded by knowing how much time has passed and kind of all of those things. And they don't give us that in this show at all. Yeah. And the weather is always just kind of the same. Yeah. So, um, but we do see that her powers have grown like exponentially. Like, I mean, we got the small light show when she tried the gloves, right? And then that she has a lot of control. Yeah. So here, like she manipulates the two small balls and sends them out into the room and then illuminates the entire room, like just all because she moves her hands. One of the things that I love about this scene is how it is very much about Alina and Kerrigan, but it's also very much about Inej and Kaz. And Mm -hmm. it's a really good way of bringing the two stories together, like, just before they are quite brought together. Yeah. And I like that a lot. And I I, I like that we see this, the power show by Alina and how it, you know, how it affects her and her, and how, like, Zoya and and Fedor, and we see their reactions, and Genya. And then we cut to Inej, and we see how it affects her. And I think that that is just really good. The, The intertwining of the two stories are mm-hmm. or the two sets of characters are are really good and i'm also just so happy for inej because in the books you know six of crows takes place two years later and inej never gets to see alina like they never oh. come across each other but she gets to see her here and she gets to see her doing her powers and i'm just so happy for her yeah yeah like her eyes were just full of tears and she's got the biggest smile on her face yeah it's great and then I think we cut to Jesper and their literal role in the hay. Yes, yeah. yes, we do. <laughs> <laughs> One thing that I wanted to bring up here, because uh, we have everybody calling Alina a saint, and then it cuts to Jesper and his, him saying saints. And one thing that <laughs> I actually really like in this show, and it is taken very much from the book, is the fake swearing, which usually I hate. And it completely turns me off because it's not done well. Mm-hmm. But I just feel like I, everybody who does it here gets it right. Like it, it's, it sounds like they're using it as a curse word, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So I think that could have been really cheesy and terrible, but they pulled it off. They did. Absolutely. Um, the stable hand is called away. And we learned that the general has ordered that no one is allowed to leave. But just as that's happening, just for... T- Sneaks out with the horses. Right? In the carriage. 
Um, then Arkin uses the stone to open the door, and he goes inside. Mm-hmm. Uh, Mal arrives at the Little Palace. And, and somebody watching from up above. Yeah, there is a guard watching. Um, the The guards at the gate don't want to let them in because obviously the stag is a myth. Mm. But Mal says, do you want to be the one to tell the general that you turned us away? And so they let them in without their weapons, which kind of just tells you how scared people are of Kyrian a little bit. Yeah. Because they don't believe this is true at all. But just in case it is, we we better. I mean, he can summon darkness. Even if you think he's the best guy ever, that's kind of creepy. Fair enough. Fair enough. And we have seen what he can do with that darkness, with yes. the cut. Um, my next note is the rat man stops Elena and calls her dangerous. I do not remember this man's name. The apparat. The apparat. Hey, the rat man. <laughs> <laughs> All right. He is so creepy. I don't know if he has a name because the apparatus is like his position. I have right. no memory of whether or not he has like a proper name. Hmm. Um, so Jenya interrupts and pulls Alina away. But the rat man, the apparat, implores her to remember that faith is the thing strong enough to topple kings and generals. And mm-hmm. that is because people are beginning to have faith in Alina. They're calling her a saint. They're erecting altars to her. And all of these things can be very dangerous. Yeah, as we just saw, people were bowing to her mm-hmm. while in the same room as the King of Ravka. Right? Yeah. that That is dangerous. I, I didn't even connect those two things. Yeah. And then we get Mal and the Darkling together, which is wild. Yeah, this scene was interesting. And the first time I watched it, I was confused because this is the scene where you start to wonder about Kerrigan. Like, the seeds are planted here because Kerrigan knows immediately who Mal is. We know that. Yeah. Like, we see it. Kerrigan, I'm surprised Mal didn't pick up on it because Kerrigan immediately called him Mal. And says it in such a way that he's like, oh, Mal. Right. Exactly. Um, And so, like, immediately you think, oh, he's going to go get Alina right away and, like, reunite these two. But he doesn't. And, like, the Kerrigan that we have been led to believe exists up until this point would have done that. Like, he would have put Alina, if he was who he has portrayed himself to be, he would have reunited Mal and Alina, and he didn't. And so that immediately started setting off alarm bells for me. Like, why? It's so interesting to hear you say that. Like, it's just interesting to hear your point of view on things. Okay. Because I, I was immediately, like, I knew exactly what was happening. So it's just right. it's interesting to hear it from the point of view of this being your first hint. Did the, the letters not getting to each other? That didn't cause Well, you some... I knew they were being stopped, but I I hadn't at this point figured out who or why. Oh, okay. Like that I mean, clearly it's happened, but I I it never occurred to me that it was Kerrigan stopping them. Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know that I stopped to wonder who it was. It was just, like, they're hiding her letters. Is it because they, like, it could be Bagra because Bagra's wanting her to focus so much on training. Right. You know, it could be just this is a Grisha thing, so they're not going to let, I I don't know. I, I, I didn't want to see it. I gotcha. And so I came up with other explanations and possibilities. So, yeah. Um, Mal is smart in this scene, though. 
because he's not just mm-hmm. going to outright give that information up. And he tells Kerrigan that he won't tell him exactly where the stag is unless he's allowed to see Alina. And Kerrigan is smart back, you know? He's like, how do I know that you actually know her? And in that moment, I'm like, are you kidding? You know exactly who this dude is. What are you doing, Kerrigan? And that's when he asks for Mal to tell him something that nobody else knows. And Mal tells him that the blue iris is her favorite. And then Kerrigan seemingly redeems himself here. He says he's going to have him shown to a room and will have Alina brought to him. And I believed him. Oh. I believed him. That's unfortunate for you. I know. (sighs) I'm telling you, it hurts. It broke my heart. This episode broke my heart. Um, so then we we cut away to Pegra, who's worried about the stag, and says we cannot let him obtain that kind of power. And then alarm bells are super going off in my head. Like, what is happening now? Oh, I should say because the the guard that was looking down at Mal reports. Anyways, she's got some guards on her side. Yeah, whatever her side happens to be. Yeah, so that's the first, like, explicit moment that we have that somebody is saying Kerrigan is bad. Yeah. And she doesn't even really say why. She's just, we can't allow him to obtain that kind of power. And you would only say that about somebody if you were scared of them. Like, that they were going to abuse it. And from that, like, everything just goes downhill in this episode for me after that. Well, first of all, we cut to our Arkin uh, in the... Fucking killing Alina! <laughs> well... Yeah. We think it's Alina. There was a moment where I was like, what is happening here? Oh, my God. This is what? And then it was Marie. And I was like, oh, okay. I guess that's fine. I mean, in the books, Marie doesn't die until book two. But she does die. But I was still just like, oh, shit, that's early. Yeah. Yeah. So Arkin is clearly, he says this is from General Slatan. So we learn he's working for the West Rockin General. Yeah. Um. And he believes that he's killing Alina. Thankfully, we realize God, that sounds terrible, but we realize that's Marie who Jenya has disguised to look like Alina. Yeah. And then Jenya comes has. in and like fights Arkin because Jenya is the baddest bitch in all of Ravka. Right. Um, he still takes her down, though. He shoots her, but luckily kept as her bulletproof. Yeah. Uh, but because he shoots her, other guards come running because they hear the gunshot and they catch him. I just, I love Jenya. She's the best. I do like Jenya a lot. Um, so here we learn that Inej has figured out, you know, she, she flat out says the Lynx flush was to flush out Arkin, not to get out with Alina. Mm-hmm. Um, so then Kaz and Inej, both dressed as guards, go to escort Alina to dinner, but they run into Kerrigan, who dismisses them. And he then gives Alina blue irises. Yeah. And I'm like, you son of a bitch. I, so I do love when they do the the flashbacks that you see how Kaz put it all together mm-hmm. of like Arkin and Zlatan, Zlatan talking and when he saw the two Keftas and all that sort of thing. Because I always think it's important to highlight how smart Kaz is. Of course. Um, and then when they're walking off with Alina, a part of me like wanted them to get away with her, even though I knew right? that, that wasn't going to happen. But then the general comes in with those fucking flowers and I like it's just too much. <laughs> I know he's evil or whatever. And even I was like, oh, that's a shit thing to do. Like even right? I was like, what an asshole. 
when he gave her those flowers. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Like, son of a bitch. That's all I could think at that moment is son of a bitch. Yeah. <laughs> so bad. And then and then we get the best line in the episode <laughs> where Kaz is like, okay, plan B. And then notices that the Inferni that was introduced early the, earlier this episode so that we would care when he dies um, notices them. And he says, scratch that, plan F. Yep. And they go. Oh, I love that fit so much. Um, then we go back to Mal. Mal um, is being taken to Bagra's lair. That's what I like to call it. Yes. Um, by the guard who we've seen previously who saw them coming in and then reported that to Bagra. Mm-hmm. Um, so she tries to kill Mal, but he does escape after seeing that Tofen has already been killed. But it, he does get stabbed. And I just think that that's important because I'm fairly certain that this is Mal's story from now until the end. He gets hurt like almost <laughs> every episode until we, you get to the end. Like, how are you alive anymore? What right? is I mean, happening he's got, here? Like, bullet wounds yeah. already currently. And now he's been stabbed. And it's just like, I would be done. I'm out shot and stabbed. Well, I guess I'll just die. You know? Yeah. Yeah, but no, he's got to get to Alina. Yeah. Um, then we cut back to Kirgan and Alina, who go to his room instead of dinner. Mm-hmm. Uh, my note here is more kissy-kissy. This has been building for episodes. It's kind of lovely to see. Um, <laughs> he stops and asks her if she's sure, which is wonderful because it's clear and explicit consent. Mm-hmm. Like, at this point, I don't know that he's evil. I know something's wrong. Right? Because we've, you know, Bagra has said the things like he can't be allowed to and get it. And the fucking we've, flowers was And the fucking an flowers. Like, he's he's an asshole. I don't know that he's evil. I know that he's kind of an asshole. And so I'm enjoying the kissy-kissy between Kerrigan and Alina here. I like it. Okay. So here's my thing. A, this, I do like this, how they blocked this scene because you get their shadows kissing on the wall before they kiss. And that's really good. But once that was pointed out to me, all I can actually notice is how they draw out the conversation and them awkwardly standing around in order to have that happen. And that's weird now. Because <laughs> okay. they, they, uh, they've talked about it on around and how they specifically had that happen. And it looks really good. But if you look at them, like uh, Kerrigan just says, like he draws out one word. I forget what it is, but he's just sort of standing there awkwardly. And I'm like, I, I just don't think he would be an awkward person. And now that's mm. all I notice, even though the shadow thing is really good. And I love that they did that. But it's just so weird now. Anyways. But even if okay. the thing, I can't really get into this completely right now because we're not there yet. But like what I like about this scene is evil or not, like, or maybe especially if he is evil. Like, I'd kind of like them together. Mm-hmm. Even if, like, not the way that things shake out here, but if Alina just also wanted to be evil. Oh, you would like you them know? together. <laughs> yeah, I think that that would be... I just really want that story is what I'm saying. I want... I want powerful evil people... Powerful evil hot people taking over the world. <laughs> I like it. I like it a lot. And, oh my and indulging God. in in some light sexy times. Right? Yeah. I mean, watching them kiss is kind of creepy because I shouldn't enjoy watching people kiss, but they're good at it. Yeah, that's good. It is good. It is what do you mean you shouldn't enjoy watching people? Everybody enjoys watching people kiss. Hot people anyways. 
And and like your own personal definition of hot, obviously. Right, right, of course. And I I mean I think Ben Barnes is everybody's own personal definition of hot. It's true. So and then the rest of this episode is just rapid fire. It is, yeah. Um, it's insane. Like I didn't even have time to process what was happening as it was happening. Um so they get interrupted. Some Ivan knocks on the door to tell Kerrigan about Marie, um, and he tells him that they have a suspect in custody. Um, Kerrigan doesn't tell Alina that Marie died, um, but asks yeah. her to wait for him while he handles some business, which is some shady shit. He leaves, and Bagger immediately enters the room through a secret passage, which is creepy in its own right, because that means she was watching them have kissy time. <laughs> yeah. And then this is where, like, we take a sharp left turn into crazy town um, because we just get kind of this monologue from Bagra. Um, and so she insists Alina needs to leave, takes her out through this secret, this passage. Alina's like, what are you doing? What are you talking about? Bagra says, I'm trying to keep you from living the rest of your life as a slave. Mm-hmm. And I'm just like, what? And Alina's just like, what? Like we are Alina in this moment, right? This is completely out of left field. Mm-hmm. And that's when Bagra reveals that he's wanting to use her power to expand the fold that he created. Yeah. Fucking Alexander is the black heretic. What? The ca- the multiple casual uses of Alexander in this episode were very upsetting to me, but carry on. <laughs> I'm sorry. Kerrigan is the black heretic. How about that? Yeah, that's um, Alina, of course, doesn't want to believe it, but Bagger convinces her because she is a shadow summoner too, and only Kerrigan's bloodline can do that. So Bag- we realize here, just as Alina does, Bagger is his mother. Yes. We learn that the Volcra in the fold were once men, women, and children mm-hmm. that when he created the fold turned into these creatures and he weaponized it. And she says... With you at his command, he'll be able to enter the fold and weaponize it as he's always planned. He will be unstoppable. Yeah. And Alina is like, what? And then she, I mean, she believes him, but then she's like, but I'll I'll fight him. I can stop him. And Bagger's like, no, 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 no. You don't understand. Like, he's tricked you into thinking that he is this poor little boy. And he isn't a boy at all. He's eternal. Yeah. Which is a fantastic line. Yeah, that's so good. But, like, mind-blowing <laughs> information. Like, what is happening right now? Like, and there is not enough time to process this information because, like, immediately, like, she tells Alina, like, here's what you need to do. Here's where you need to go. And Alina realizes how dangerous he is, but she doesn't entirely trust Bagger either. So she goes a different way than the directions Bagger gave her. Bagger said, go right when you get to the fork. There'll be food there. Wait for me because there are Grisha who, will lo- who are loyal to me. Yeah. And Alina stops and considers this and she goes left instead. Yeah. So I, I did want to point out one, one of the things that Bagger says is that he used Merzost to create mm-hmm. the fold. And... Um, so just to give a little bit of an explanation here, like Grisha power, the small science is, you know, the like calls to like, like we were talking about earlier with, with Jenya using the, the colors to Mm -hmm. put the, you know, to tailor that onto Alina. Merzost is like proper magic, they might say, in that it, it doesn't 
it's he's not calling to anything. He's making something when he uses Merzost. Okay. If that makes sense. It does. I think I missed that. I heard that word, but I was, I oh, think. Yeah. They give no explanation it. for it. Okay. She just says it and then you, they move on. I'm like, okay, well, that's okay. a way to do that. I think my brain heard it and it sounds so similar to, what's that dude's name? Mer- Meritsov? Oh, Maritsova. Maritsova. It sounded so similar to that that I was assuming it had to do with the bone thing. Oh, okay. I gotcha. But yeah, no. So the Merzost is uh, something that I guess very powerful Grisha can do where instead of calling to something like they normally do, they create something from nothing. Mm, okay. And normally when they use their powers, it it feeds them. It makes like you – that's why he's so old because he, he's so powerful and using his – his Grisha powers keeps him young and alive. Mm, but using okay. Merzost does the opposite. It eats at them, if that makes any sort of sense. Hmm. Interesting. And that's what he used I, to create the fold. Okay. Then we move away from all of this very distressing information mm-hmm. back to Kaz. Kaz and the Inferni, yeah. Kaz and I the Inferni. I love this scene so much. It's a good scene because, you know, the Inf- the Inferni is, is like, you know, you're a limping guard, like, and you're in my house. I can take you down. And Kaz is all like, I don't need two good legs. I only need one. Unlike you, you need both of your hands. And so he mangles one of his hands mm-hmm. and unfortunately discovers he was wrong. They don't need two hands. So I love this scene because you do get a, an idea of how brutal Kaz can be. But let's all be honest, Cass would have just killed the dude. Like, why not just oh. slam that down over his head instead of his hand? Yeah, I was thinking, I was wondering about that. But, you know, it's to set up. Yeah, no, scene. I love, I do love that they have this moment then with Inej and Kaz. Uh, mm. That is also very good. But I, but Kaz would have just killed the dude. Kaz would have just killed him, yeah. yeah. Uh, but instead, Inej has to do it. Um, and then, because we can't have a scene with just Inej and Kaz, we have to cut to where Jesper is. Because mm. we have to always have the three of them. Yeah. Um, and this scene is literally just him waiting with the horses in a carriage and he hides to wait for them. That's it. Yeah. Well, and you see like guards are going crazy a bit. So yeah. something's happening in the in, in the small palace. Yep. Um, and then very quickly, Kirigan discovers that Alina is not in his room. But he doesn't yes. know where she is. Right. Um, Alina comes out in the stables. Where she steals clothes and changes out of her kefta. And then we go back to Kerrigan looking for Alina who finds Bagger instead. And she immediately tips her hand and tells him that Mal has been disposed of along with his hope of finding the stag. Um, He calls her mother here so we know for sure that Bagger told the truth. And then he fucking threatens her. Like this is the new side of Kerrigan for us. And I don't like it like the kirigan who threatens his mother like i don't even remember what he says now but basically it's like you're not important anymore and you should be careful of what you say to me and i'm like what this is not my kirigan Mm. don't like it don't like it um but of course, uh, Mal was nearby. He was hiding and he heard the whole exchange, which ended, of course, with Bagra saying, you know, I'd wager you would need a really good tracker to find Alina now. Yeah, that, Cut that to was Mal's good. face. <laughs> and her thinking that Mal is dead. Yeah. yeah. Um, so I think she says that because 
she just killed the really good tracker. And it, it's just, it's, it's all too much. It's all too much. Like this episode and like all of this has happened in like the last 10 minutes of this episode. It's crazy and rapid fire and I don't, I don't like it. That's all I've got. I don't like it. I mean, I love the episode, but I don't like it. So I, I did actually just want to go back because I, anyways, I sort of missed bringing this up. When Inej kills the, the Inferni. I do really love that scene, and I love how they blocked it with Kaz looking up at her, and I love that Inej killed in order to save Kaz. Mm-hmm. I, I, I just wanted to point, I love that about them. Great scene between the two of them. Yeah, in that moment, he mattered to her more than her oath not to kill. I don't faith, think it's an oath. She just She's just a she- normal person who had some shit happen to her, but that didn't mean she was interested in killing people. Yeah, but she specifically said before that she can't kill people. And so I took it either she's taken an oath or her faith forbids it. Like, there's a specific reason. It's not just people oh. who kill people. I I thought of it more as the other way, that she's just not a murderer. Okay. But, but you know, whatever. I guess it c- comes down to the same thing. Yeah, it does. In, in the end, she kills somebody to save Kaz. Yeah. So, um, and then we get to the end of the episode, which is like one of the most, I don't even know how to describe what happens here. It's so when I was watching this, I remember the exact moment that I put it together because in the book, when, um, Alina flees, she does hide with like a troop of actors and that's how she gets out. So as soon as they like cut back to Jess, where I was like, oh, she's gonna get in their carriage. That's how she's gonna do it. And I like burst into laughter, like oh, even good. before she came out, because I was like, oh, that makes so much sense. And yeah. it was so good. So, by like no sense of anything that makes sense at all, Alina just happens to climb into the trunk in the back of the carriage that Jesper has waiting for them to escape. So while they were not successful in their mission to capture Alina, Alina just put herself in their carriage. And Jesper's face when he's just like, huh? Like, did that just happen? It's so Dude, he's just so utterly delighted. Like, Kaz and Inej come out and... Inej is so excited. She's like, Jesper, she's real. She made the light sing. Kaz says they lost her. And Jesper's just like, <laughs> and yeah. Kaz is like, what? And Jesper's like, just ask. And he's like, what? Just ask. And so as they're climbing in the carriage to leave, Kaz asks, do you have a fix on the target's location or something like that? Yeah. And and then it just fades to black. I'm I'm pretty sure Jesper laughs. laughs. Right. And, and yeah. they drive off. Like, I don't know. Like all of the shit that they went through to get Alina and she just gives herself to them. Yeah. It's fantastic. But it's- this episode, man, this episode. This episode. Like this I I I'm broken. I don't I don't I don't wanna know what's gonna happen next. I don't. Um, so podcast done? Um, I mean, no, but I want Mike Kerrigan to stay good, and he's not. He's not. He created the fold, and he threatened his mother, and mm-hmm. that's it. That's all I got. I mean, you can also put two and two together here that, um, you know, he gave Jenya to the queen to be a spy, basically, and was totally 100% okay 
with what the king did to her. Oh, see, I didn't get that far in this episode. Yeah, you because he, like, maybe, I guess we don't know about the spy bit, but pretty much. And, like, even, but even if you didn't know that, like, he, he gifted this young girl to the queen and let the king do whatever he wanted to her. Well, I didn't consider the fact that he knew what the king was doing to her. Like, well, even my if he, Kerrigan wouldn't do that. Even <laughs> if he doesn't know, Jenya didn't feel comfortable telling him. Right. And, I mean, he took a young girl and gave her to the queen. So that... Yeah. I don't want Kerrigan to be bad. I understand your desire. Sadly, I don't think reality <laughs> reflects that. Or right? fictional reality. All right. All right, so let's stop talking about the horribleness of this episode and how much it broke me and I declare mean, an episode MVP. I love this episode, I just want to say. It's really good. I mean, I like it too. It's really good writing. It is yeah. really good writing. Like, because I don't, I don't come out of it feeling like the writers have lied to me. Mm-hmm. Like, as shocked and surprised as I was, they explain it enough where you understand how he's been manipulating her and therefore manipulating us. And there are seeds. I mean, generally the seeds don't exist until this episode, but once we know what to look for, it's there. Yeah. So I, I don't feel lied to. And it's when the writers lie to you that, that it's not good writing. And so th- this is really good writing. It's really good TV, but it just hurts. Yeah. Uh, when we were in episode, f- talking about episode four, and the scene where he takes her to the wishing well, well, whatever it is. And you were talking about how cute it all is. I'm like, whenever I watch that episode, I'm just like, man, he's manipulating the shit out of her here. And you Master can... Master manipulator. You can feel it. But when you don't know, you don't know. So I guess that is some real good writing there. <laughs> but- or I am just the most naive person on the planet. But if I, I am, then so is Alina. That's true, because she fell for it, too. You and Alina. <laughs> um, all right, yes, yeah, sorry. Episode MVP. So I am going to go for the 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 cookie that Fedor is trying to feed to Ivan. <laughs> That's my episode MVP, because he makes Ivan laugh and smile, and I liked it. I hated it, because <laughs> I liked it. It's terrible. I don't want to think of Ivan as a human person. But that being said, I guess, like, it did its job. Because I was like, oh, that's so cute. They're so cute. Fuck Ivan. <laughs> <laughs> so there's that. I was thinking, hmm. I was maybe thinking Inez's knife. Okay. But I guess now the cookie has more has more um impact. Because I definitely feel... I definitely think about that scene <laughs> with hatred, but also enjoyment. Yeah. I mean, that, that cookie's complicated, man. Yeah. All right. The cookie. The cookie. I like it. Episode MVP. All right. Next week is going to be so tough. Uh, you know, thinking about it, like, I thought episode five was my favorite, but I'm actually pretty sure that a lot of my favorite moments happened in episode six. Okay. So I'm really, really excited for that, too. I mean, I'm excited about it just because I really enjoy talking about this with you and, like, yes. flipping the fuck out. Yes, so. that is fun, too. I, I, <laughs> I enjoy 
being here with you, discovering that he's evil and all the other twisty turnies. All right. If you want to express your opinions on how you feel about the Darkling, which is, that's a... That's a box I don't know if I want to open. But anyways, tweet us at EnterTheFoldPod. You can email us at EnterTheFoldPod at gmail.com. I'm Caitlin, and you can follow me and find my other shows on Twitter at InferiorCaitlin. And I am Mandy Kay, and you can find this show and all of the other Eloquent Gushing shows at EloquentGushing.com. We are also on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at EloquentGushing. Or you can follow me on Twitter and commiserate with me about how duped you were by Kerrigan as well at Mandy Kay. And remember, it's not exciting if nothing can go wrong. That is fair. <laughs> I'm really excited for you to meet that character that says all these lines. <laughs>